to your daily dose of TLC with Tom and Luca. Welcome to TLC with Tom and Luca. Welcome to episode two, where we're going to be interviewing a very special guest, a good friend of mine, Mark Folder. An early years teacher, author, fellow ADE, uh, teach, teach me uh, director, I suppose, creator, um, you're a photography enthusiast, marathon runner, an all-round nice guy. So welcome, Mark, to your first interview with us. And um, the, the first thing I want to find out is your journey into teaching. So how did you get into teaching? Uh, I, was, I was one of those kids who who loved school and remembered, I remember everything about school, right back to playgroups and nurseries. I remember the the way the, the water tray was set up and the pegs. And, and I remember things in, in such crystal clear detail. I remember learning to read uh, in reception. And, and because of that, I also remem- remember things that weren't great at school and there are there are year groups where I don't remember anything at all. Okay. Um, so there's year three, I just remember a timeline around the the classroom mm-hmm. and I remember learning about Egyptians. Okay. But that's it. So there was something that year that just didn't stick, whereas every other year in school everything stuck. And I think that's that's really important now because I want to make sure that learning always sticks for all children. Yeah, um, and it's and it's memorable. Something is exciting. Yeah, it is. It is, and I think I'm just one of the, just one of those people that always knew they wanted to be a teacher, and just know just I know what was good for me and and what wasn't great for me, and and I can I can bring that to my classroom. So do you go to um, university? You did you. Three, four years yeah. teaching. I trained at uh, Nottingham Trent University for four years in primary education. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a good, a good four years. Um, and then you, you specialised in um, foundation stage. No, yeah. no. I, um, I uh, specialised in 7 to 11. Yeah. Uh, qualified to teach 3 to 11, but specialised in, in primary. Okay. Uh, I did have a reception placement in my second year, and that's the school where I ended up working and that's where you that's where you thought ah oh, this year group i love yeah the working with younger children yeah yeah that's right um but what i wanted out of my training was to not be that specialist of early years even though i knew i wanted to to teach in early years yeah i knew that in my career i would have to lead a primary subject yeah so i wouldn't go into my career and be an early years leader from the second year of teaching. Mm-hmm. So I wanted that, that primary leadership experience, which my course could give me. Um, at the time, I, I specialised at university in geography and science, and now obviously teaching and, and leading um, in technology. Um, but the whole geography, geography thing comes in to some of that work that I do there. Uh, but it was, uh, it was, it was some, you know, it's a decision to make that I wanted to be in reception and, and I'm about to start my 10th year in reception. Fantastic. Now. So you're actually, uh, we'd, we'd call you a, uh, someone that's survived and, and probably thrived in teaching. If you're hitting up 10 years, there's not many teachers that, that have do uh, that have, have got so far. Um, so 
Has it always been a um, a kind of uh, uh, a a clear kind of steady road for your path the last ten years, or um, have you found a few trials along the way? Oh, there's trials. There's trials every year. It's it's not easy, um, and you you have ups and downs in your professional life. You have ups and downs in your personal life, and and those when those two things are off balance, personal and professional, then the job is really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, just going right back to NQT year, I mean, that year's a roller coaster and you come out of university buzzing mm-hmm. to get your first class and get that room set up and, you know, the, the, the world is in front of you and you can do whatever you want and, and then you, you kind of get in the car and you realise you maybe can't drive with other people around you and, and things, things swerve in front of you and it, it really can knock you off balance and, yeah. NQT was 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 a struggle and and uh, I thought then I learned a lot and then came the second year where there was no NQT time no support yeah Yeah, and and when you first start out you've got to do so much so like whatever support you get like in terms of mentoring is really important as well um and how did that set you up for for your career in teaching I mean I think mentoring and coaching is is so important in teaching it doesn't matter whether you're a first year teacher whether you're 10 years in whether you're 25 years down the line I think we can all learn from each other and and that kind of um lesson study and coaching is is something so how was how was your experience like early on in your career then um I had two mentors um in my NQT year and um one of them was a earlier specialist um, and one of them was a year six teacher and um, there was so a, a real range cover. there, isn't it? So it was, yeah, so yeah. it was a real, a real broad uh, experience there. Um, and it was split because of a maternity cover. Um, but I think as much as um, specialisms go, you learn a lot from a year six teacher, but it was very difficult to get the, the, the exact support that I needed. And that's, I found that a problem with when I started as well. Um, I felt that you kind of just thrown into it and then it's kind of potluck who you get or whoever gets signed up or draws yeah. the short straw. Um, and the, the first person you're with, like the first mentor you're with can be so influential in terms of like a role model mm. and you've seen them in their career or what they've done and you ask them about the work-life balance and you ask them about the do's and the don'ts and um, it really is kind of, it's, it's essential, I think, in terms of um, building up where, where you're going to go with your career in teaching. I think as well, um, I, I'd got my formal mentor uh, that was assigned to me to do the observations and, and, the, and the support and reports and those things. But I was also very lucky that year to have um, uh, a deputy head teacher, Tom Barrett, who's now out in Melbourne, and um, having him in school was was my true mentor, I think. And though okay. he never observed me, he saw qualities in me that other people didn't see. Sure. So um, he was he was more like a informal, like a friend yes, type of. Yeah, yeah. And he he really kind of took me under his wing and and showed me very creative things to do with technology and would really push me to take a risk and, and use so new tools. You say he saw things in you that perhaps maybe your mentors at the time didn't. Give me a few examples. Well, I think, I think the NQT process is, is so heavily linked to 
the teaching standards that you are going through that system, ticking those boxes, finding the evidence mm-hmm. to prove that you can be a teacher. Whereas having Tom there, um, who then became a friend, but was most definitely a coach to me, was like, let's tr- let's just try something else. T- you know, take a risk, do yeah. this, and and I love that. That's amazing. And and and. I feel like you sign up to be a teacher because you've got some kind of passion yeah. or you've got something that just works when you're um, spending time with children and you've got a rapport, right? And one of my um, strongest things I feel like I've got in the classroom is a rapport with children. But you can't necessarily quantify that and put it into one of those teacher standards that you were talking about, yeah. right? Yeah, and I think, I think um, a lot of teaching, we're quantifying things that can't be quantified. And that's where a lot of the, the, the difficulties come, such as knowing how many children are happy in your classroom. And, yeah. you know, that's just things that you know because yeah. you're humans and it's very difficult to, to yeah. put that in a scientific number. Yeah. And, and I feel like that's sometimes if you've got the wrong culture in your school and you've got um, the wrong mentality in terms of like observations and dropping into your other teachers and you are just looking at the tick sheet you're not appreciating the fact that this teacher, uh, yeah, they might not be perfect on their, I don't know, let's say, pushing their greater depths in their class, but they are an amazing, um, you know, uh, they're amazing in terms of the happiness and the joy that they bring the kids, or maybe they, they, they joke with them, or they they bring something more to the table. Um, would you agree? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it, it is, it, a teaching is all about a good relationship. And I think that's why there are classes where, in my experience, where I don't remember things as a child because that relationship wasn't there. So there was no buy-in for me mm. because I was bored and yeah. I had no rapport with that teacher. Yeah. I got bored very easily. They would call me the class clown because I just kind of get distracted quite easily. Whereas if I was engaged and doing things that we do all the time now um, to engage, especially your reluctant male learners, let's say. Um, and technology is a great vehicle for that as well. Yeah, and that's, that's something that, that Tom, um, Tom Barrett really introduced me to, that um, particularly as a trainee teacher, had never really used any technology, and that, that was Tom's personal brand was was technology and, and he was trying to push me to to use new things like looking like like what can we do with the xbox connect with this camera yeah, can young children exciting. use it yeah, yeah and um the school was um we we were an early adopter of ipad and we had the first generation ipad <laughs> i mean can you believe it had no camera in the first gen Crazy. ipad and and yet he was like you know get let's get some ipads let's give this a go in early years there's some like number games to play just try it see what happens mm-hmm. and i think without Without having it's Tom risk there, taking, isn't it? It is, yeah, it isn't. It really brought brought flavour into my NQT year, and he was only there for my NQT year, and then he left teaching, um, and and went on to into a consultancy role. But that was so um, valuable to me to have Tom there in that year because if he wasn't there, it would have been a very dry, very difficult year and he wow. really motivated me. That's really quite powerful actually because I feel like no matter where you are, whether you're new into teaching, um, whether you're uh, four or five years in and you've changed school perhaps, you might have lost some of those friendship um, relationships that have been the inspiration and just the pick-me-up, the informal pick-me-up in teaching when you can 
um, get bogged down with the workload and you can get bogged down with the, the occasional scrutiny or observation. And I think it's very important to, to, to acknowledge that. So can you tell us a little bit about kind of where, where you stand in relation to your 10 years on now? you've made it through and you're still acknowledging that in the beginning it just goes down to maybe one or two relationships. You said that Tom's now left the profession, so how have you kept up to these 10 years? How have you managed to go each year kind of going from strength to strength in the profession? Tom Tom was the one who um, dragged me along to my first teach meet all okay. those years ago and he would then, he then started running teach meet for Nottingham and teach meet for the East Midlands, which is what I now look after with you and Wendy and Hannah and Siobhan and Becky. Um, but it, for me, the whole 10 years has all been about the people that you meet mm-hmm. and finding that, that personal learning network. And that can just be on Twitter. Um, that's where I met Wendy and Hannah um, like nine years ago when we met at these teach meets and we have, we've got this honest connection with each other where I can say I'm really struggling with something and they can sure. say, I've struggled on that as well or this yeah. is working for me. And you can have that outside of your school context conversation with people. Sure. And that, that's what keeps me going. And you might be in a school where you're, there's, you know, there's no budget or no time to let you go to network meetings or go on courses. But um, I think a good teacher will always find their tribe. And, mm-hmm. and that might just be peers from university. It might be friends who are teachers. Yeah. You might be on Twitter. And um, you never know connecting. who you're going to meet as well. And that's the thing. You can meet some pretty amazing people um on teach meets that that do inspire that have a similar journey and that's one of the reasons why we are going to do these series of podcasts to talk about people's journeys into teaching and one thing that's that's apparent very early on is that nobody has an easy um an easy pathway straight into into teaching a lot of people do look uh, to the side and do look elsewhere when they first start it because perhaps their expectations of workload were well I didn't think it was this hard and they thought they might have got more support um, not just logistically but but emotionally mm. as well mm. yeah and I think it is that emotional support that that's what that's what keeps you going and I think when the emotional support isn't there then the professional feelings you know are, are, are pretty grim and and if you ever then get anything personal that's happening I mean you just you can just lose lose your path really easily you like to um appreciate little wins you like to um tell teachers when they've done a good job and I suppose treat them yeah we um we we have just simple stuff shout outs and it's just a just a just a clap and a well done to people. I think it's just giving thanks where thanks is due. And mm-hmm. when you can, that's not, uh, I don't think it's, it has to be a, a, a money thing. You don't have to buy people gifts. You have to say thank you, well done. And I think when you say thank you, well done, and you mean it, mm-hmm. and it's happening for everybody regularly, then it, it, that is so, so valuable. Yeah. And that does come as well from the leadership in the school and the direction and the vision. But like this whole overarching theme, it's the it's the culture in the school. Yeah, right? it is. It is. And, and I work somewhere now um, where I am. I am very supported. I'm very trusted, but I'm I'm thanked regularly and it, it makes me sure. work harder. It, yeah. it makes me work for that. And I appreciate it. That's amazing. So a very simple philosophy, like happier people work, work better. 
So we'll get to the crux of it now. You were saying you've been in here for 10 years, um, perhaps not the easiest um, of mentors at the beginning in your career, um, but finding your passion and then finding those key people just to drive you on and to influence you so that you've got this longevity in your career now, which even for me is inspirational. And that's why we decided to, to interview you today. So uh, the big question is the 10 out of 10 on job satisfaction. So where would you say you are at, at 10 being at the top in job satisfaction, one being I'm about to, about to keel over and die? I am... Um... I'm an honest 10. I'm a 10 out of 10. Wow. I, 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 on a whole, I run into work. I, I love going. I love the people that I work with. I love the kids. It's, it, it, it is for me the, you know, the best job in the world. That's and amazing. I want to keep doing it. So if we, can, if we can share that 10 out of 10, if you can just reach a few people, it'll be worth it. So we're trying to collect a, a toolkit and a um, first aid box full of things and just keep adding to it when you're feeling a bit low and your immune system is down being battered by observations and just a, a poor kind of culture that doesn't really support you trying to reach those isolated teachers um what three things would you put into your 10 out of 10 uh, teaching first aid box mark i'm like first first things first meet other people find the others um, that are like you and that feel the same as you and think the same as you either through Twitter or at teach meets um, or finding your local Apple regional training center if technology is your thing like mm -hmm. go find these free courses that happen outside of work time go find your tribe mm -hmm. um, and, and stick with those people they will carry you through thick and thin so that that's my absolute number one um, I think my I think number two is if you are in a position where you're feeling a bit lost or a bit low in your school, go and visit other schools. Even if it's just look arounds for interviews or it's your friend's school and you pick them up after work for to go out for a drink or something. Mm -hmm. Just have a little look around their school. Go and see another another school because the thing that might be getting you down that you think is your school's fault could well be happening in every school. That could just be normal practice and you think you're being kind of... It's out balancing you, and, mm -hmm. and if you think if you can see that widest picture of a school, yeah. it really puts things into perspective. Sure. It might also reinforce that idea that this isn't the right place for you, and, and it, it probably is the right thing to do is, is move on for you. So just in whatever way you can, go visit other schools. Challenge it's, the it's status so, quo, yeah. Yes, yeah, it's, it's just it just really gives you context as to what what school your school is like. Mm. Um, and, and my third plan, my third point is is not to have not to have a, a long-term plan in your career. L live, live in the now as much as you're living in the future because happiness is, is what's here right now and it's, it, happiness isn't a destination, it's, it's the whole journey. Mm -hmm. Enjoy being a teacher with those children in front of you because they're the ones that matter right now and mm -hmm. don't, don't race to get through the classroom and, and into, onto desks and... and into leadership positions because everything you're doing on a day-to-day basis is going to make you that good leader that you are. Mm -hmm. And just like kids, teachers learn and develop at different rates as well. So just just live in now and, and enjoy what you've got. Amazing. So three really, really powerful things to add to uh, the toolkit, add to that first aid box. So thank you. Thank you very much. And um, we look forward to... Um, 
interviewing some other people as we go along on this journey. Um, but Mark, thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure and a joy. You're our first 10 out of 10. So let's hope um, your, your message inspires others out there. Thank you. No, it's great to have this opportunity. Thank you very much. Thanks, Mark. Get your daily dose of TLC with an educational podcast from Tom and Luca. Subscribe to Prescribe.